0: What's up fam welcome back to that's the angle in this episode I speak to Reggie Black i met Reggie Black at a art show a few weeks ago this crazy event that we talk about in the podcast was basically like the biggest art show in DC and he had a super awesome exhibition there and he was just a really cool guy and uh, especially when he told me he got famous in Bangkok for his art uh, and then came back to DC I was, I was just super intrigued so I had to have him on the show and I'll tell you what I'm super glad I did. He is a a super smart guy and super talented and just an all-around hustler and um, his insight into the art world and how to make it and how to put yourself out there um, were were pretty eye-opening for me too. So guys, um, I feel like this podcast will provide you so much value and if it does or if you've enjoyed a little bit, please leave a rating on iTunes. That'd be fantastic to get more exposure for the podcast. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, if you ever want to sponsor the podcast, feel free to reach out, um, the Bruce Allen at gmail.com. If you want me to shout you out in the pre-roll of this entire thing. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the episode. Peace. Yeah, I'm going to get hit with copyright with that on my, huh? So I'll get hit real hard with the copyright. <laughs> they, hear, they hear Ja Rule's voice
1: for one second. I'm like instantly screwed. And then, you know, Ja Rule, he needs it. So he'll definitely. He
0: really it. needs it. They hear the baby, baby.
1: And I'll be like, shit, yeah. you'll get an email soon. He's got catchphrases probably in that system. Between him between his stuff with uh, that festival and all that, he's he's looking for some bread. Oh, you saw that? I, I didn't see it. I, I I watched I looked at too many um headlines and I was like, I'm not gonna watch this documentary. This shit. I need to though
0: Wait, there's a Ja Rule documentary?
1: Well, you know, when he him and the guy started Firefly Festival and it didn't Oh, you mean Firefest? What is it called? Fire, yeah, Firefest. It was right, it was Firefest. Yeah, that was him, that was Ja and the guy who made up this whole fake ass festival and ja- it didn't happen. Ja was in that? Yeah. What? Yeah, that was Ja venture. Like That's crazy. Sold all those tickets and nothing happened with it. <sighs> the people got there on the island, and there was no festival, no artists, no no It's on Netflix. The documentary's Dude, on Netflix. But I'm so scared to
0: watch something like that because it oh, makes yeah, me yeah, feel yeah. so weird on the yeah, inside. I'm like, yeah. oh, I know this is a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah, so. <laughs> the, the only thing I learned was about the guy who was ready to suck a dick for that festival. Did, did you didn't hear about that guy? Uh, so it was like the one funny meme that came from the whole thing. <laughs> this guy, he, he was part of the festival. He was telling the story how... It was like he was ready to do anything to get this festival to happen and he walked into this boardroom Like prepared to suck a dick if he had to to make it happen Like these are the words that came out of his mouth wow. And so all the memes were like like his face when he said it and it was like, you know He's a real one and kind of like I wish he was on my team and shit like that. Wow. I know man. I know That's wow. But yeah, man, but what's up guys? Welcome back to that's the angle and today I'm with Reggie black. What's up, man? What's up, man?
1: Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it.
0: That's cool. Yeah, this, is
1: great. this Gra- is great. Glad you could hang
0: up and watch me set up. Yeah. You know?
1: It's perfect. It's it's amazing to see this whole thing.
0: Doesn't take much, but you know, with it, a little bit of nah, it's elbow grease, you can have anyone can have like a mobile audio setup.
1: It, it's perfect.
0: It's perfect. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks I'm also kind of I just it just dawned on my mind that we're <laughs> me and you both are probably blending in with this whole setup. That's right.
1: We, you're not gonna see us at all. Oh, wait, hold up! I need to turn this light on real quick. Oh, uh, I, I was just joking. But maybe well, you won't. No, to turn
0: light on. <laughs> <laughs> good. How's that? Perfect. And yes, guys, I do have lights over here. That's what makes it look so good on the YouTube. Don't worry. So you post these on YouTube? On the video on YouTube as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, this, this is going to hit all, all platforms. Nice. Video on YouTube. Nice. Um, Spotify. I feel like I can hear myself in an echo. It's perfect. Does anyone else hear that? I feel like this room sounds different today. Does it sound different today? I don't know. That's kind of weird. Anyways, I don't know why I'm I geeking feel like, out. Yeah, the mic's on. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know the mic's on. I'm just like, why do I feel like I can hear myself extra? Like I have headphones on today. I didn't get baked before this interview. What am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Reggie, dude. um, Yeah, man. Thanks for
1: having me, brother. Yeah, Yeah, dude.
0: So I met you at um, the Umbrella. That's right. Exhibition. That's right. That was like two weeks ago. Yeah. And dude, I got to say, that exhibition kind of changed the game in D.C. Which one? Hours or Umbrella in general? Like, I think
1: the whole thing in general was was just huge for the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, um, I think, uh... DC is, um, what's the words I'm looking for? Desperately looking for new experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's just such a interesting city.
0: It's a good way to put it, looking for new experiences. Yeah,
1: everyone's looking for new experiences, but I feel like very few want to create them. Mm. Right? So when you get something that, like an umbrella or, you know, like the space that we're in or wherever you are, right, like you're going to have a lot of, Conversation around the thing because mm-hmm. nobody really wants to create the thing. They would rather critique the makers and the doers instead of doing something. One hundred percent. Which always makes, in my personal opinion, a place that is home like makes it an interesting city to navigate creatively. Yeah. In in DC specifically, yeah. Or? Yeah, I, I, I mean, of course, it's everywhere, right? But I feel like DC is an interesting, an interesting city because. First and foremost, it's institutionalized. Like we live in a very political city. That's our business. That's our business, right? So when you, we always have to have, be in the shadows of the politics and the education and the healthcare, and then this art, creativity, culture, but it's here, Mm -hmm. but people don't know how to raise their hand and say, Hey, I'm going to make this thing. They would rather complain about what's not here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> There's no R and D C man. I'm gonna move to New
1: York. I'm yeah, gonna move to L A. Yeah,
0: but yeah. I mean, it's it's weird because like art will never be on the forefront. Yeah, for us. Yeah. I mean
1: that's it's just D C. It's what yeah. it is. It's the capital. Yeah, of America, no, and I'm guilty of, the of it. World. Yeah, I'm guilty of it. I I, I really I, yeah. Like I, I left in 2011. Whoa. Um, so I don't know where we're gonna go with the questions, but I can just go straight into it. Oh no, we're dude, we're free flowing. So oh, these know. these little post-it notes, these are just talking points. Oh, perfect. yeah, I, I, um, I speak, yeah yeah. No, so so yeah. I mean that's. I'm I'm guilty of it, like, but I'm born and raised here. I grew up in Petworth, spent my entire life here. Uh, but when, that must have been
0: like, there must have been a reason you left back then, because well, 2014 is a way different landscape absolutely. than what it was now.
1: Um, I was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. In 2005, I started a clothing line here, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to do very similar things that w- that's happening now, but the city wasn't as receptive to it. Um, like so, like events and stuff. Yeah, events. You know, I had fashion shows on rooftops. And, Whoa, damn. Yeah, and, and we're talking like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Wow. Um, and out of frustration, like not getting the 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 feedback or getting the like proper love or response, if you will. Um, two thousand eleven, I left and moved to Brooklyn. Um, and. Uh, from 2011 to 2014, I lived in, in New York, in Brooklyn, and then came back for a little bit. Then my wife and son and I, we all moved to Bangkok. Whoa. Yeah. So a uh, huge life change. When you moved into, to Brooklyn, did you
0: find that they were more receptive to everything you were trying to do? Like, was well, it like I, a, like I a went to New York air?
1: looking. I feel like here's, here's one of my, like, it's, it's not an official mm-hmm. rule, but I feel like at some point, every young person should live in New York City. Because it, it gives you the it gives you the skin and the thickness that you need, mm-hmm. and it'll either chew you up or spit you out. But I think everybody needs to go through that hustle and bustle grind of a place like New York, or I don't know Berlin, or a, a city that really doesn't allow you to have comfort. Because with DC, it's like you can do one cool thing and then mellow out and just ride that accomplishment. Mm-hmm you know, forever, if you really wanted to, yeah. you know what like, I mean? Like, like a one-hit wonder kind of You can be beautiful. a one-hit wonder, you can open one restaurant, you can connect one venture, you can do one thing in D.C., be the big fish, and then just ride that wave forever. Mm. Versus other cities, it's like, okay, well, what have you done? You know, what have you done? What's that Janet Jackson song? What have you done for me lately? Whatever that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what have you done recently, you know? And I feel like... As an artist and, and entrepreneur uh whatever you are, like, I feel like that's what you constantly need. You need that, like, push. Pressure's good for you. Pressure's as, great. As, as an artist Pressure, on- pressure's great. Competition is great. Yeah. Uh, uh, feedback and criticism is great. And D.C.'s a very delicate city. It doesn't allow a lot of that. That's very true. So when you got to New York and you, like, in,
0: pushed or, or you pushed yourself into it, but when yeah. you got there... yeah. yeah you felt that pressure yeah, and that criticism and
1: that kind of, you need to keep pumping out and content. You get the, and you get the energy that you need too. Cause everyone around you is trying to do something. That is something I really wish I could find. You know what I mean? Like, and like that's one of the most important things that like you, we all need to desperately do is p- surround ourselves around that energy. That's really pushing us to the, the, like the limit, even really? beyond the limit. I, I think so. I mean, like, you don't want to be around a crew that just all they want to do is just hang out and smoke weed and play video games all day. Whatever. I, I do none of those. But if that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I used to be part yeah, of that crew you know what, way you back see when, you, see you know what I mean? Like get if get stuck in it and you get stuck in it and then you look, and then you look up and it's like seven years ago, five years or a year. Like I feel like even a month, even a week, a month you know? is a lot of time. A to, month is to... a lot of time to not do anything. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that in New York, that's what that gave me. And then, um, I went there with the pursuit to get my fashion line up and running, and we had a couple boutique accounts, and we were doing well, and then uh, what happened? Decided to shut down the business out of, yeah, decided to shut down the business for a few reasons, Was just in an interesting time financially, Mm -hmm. and couldn't keep up with the orders, and then, you know, just the whole, had the whole business model wrong. And so just like was like, all right, I'm done.
0: And that was your first sort of big business venture at that time? Or? Y-
1: yeah, it, it's, it was the longest running. Like mm. I, I started, I, I printed my first T-shirt in college in 2005, went to Del- Delaware State University in Dover. So when I left D.C. in 2002, I went to Dell State um, and I majored in business management Um and then I, I went there majoring in accounting because everybody was like, oh, well, that's what the money is. And, you know, growing up here, like the <laughs> goal, the end game was to get a good government job. I that's don't know if you heard that yes. saying before, like in D.C., like, you know, if you were a postal worker or a government worker or, you know, one of those things, you, you get want that it, GS you, grade, you the high it, GS You get it and you hold on to it and you, and, you, and you roll with it. So, like, that was the thing for me growing up, like mm. all of my aunts and uncles and my mom and, you know, just seeing that. But- Growing up, what really sparked me was D.C. was a very entrepreneurial city, in particular black entrepreneurs. Like, my whole neighborhood growing up were black entrepreneurs. There was a barbershop, you know, a funeral home, a, a dry cleaning service. Uh, it's not uh, a good role model. Yeah. So I grew up watching entrepreneurship, and I always knew that this was the only thing I wanted to do. But that's not a government job. That's not a government job. So when I went to college, I was like, oh, well, let me just do what everyone's saying because... You know, that's what, what they're saying, right? And so I changed my major like four times to get around to the end of it to major in marketing because I've always been a branding, for lack of better terms, like a branding nerd or a brand whore. Like I've always been very interested in case studies, in branding and marketing, and understanding like how brands move and how to like penetrate and tell different narratives and different stories and put a product or a story forward to the world. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's my, like, passion, dude. Like, even back then? Like, even back that's then. That's why you switched to marketing. Even back then. Like, but don't... I didn't know it at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like I would just sit around with friends, and we would talk about companies and artists and entrepreneurs. Like, almost anybody you think of, I can tell you, like, how they got started or... Just, dude, I, I, I love um, looking at other people's brands yeah, and just seeing how they present it and being like, ooh, like... They have a good brand. It yeah. sounds good. The way they yeah. present it's real clean. Yeah. Like One of my favorite podcasts is uh, How I Built This by mm-hmm. Guy Ross. Yeah. And he just interviews entrepreneurs and The Business of Hype by Jeff Staple. Oh, I have to look these up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great, man. And just for me, just always listening to how people. Because the thing is, while we're all pursuing this, you want to feel like it's, it's possible for you too. So you listen to the stories of others. Uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is a great book how he started Nike and you know like just literally That's like, a crazy story by the way. Crazy story. I I saw crazy story,
0: the man. the Art of Design on Netflix. Yes. And so
1: I saw his story uh, with uh Bill Bauman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean not Bill Ba uh Tinker Tinker Hatfield. Yeah Tinker, yeah, Hatfield. yeah, Tinker Hatfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just yeah, but that's my whole game, man. And uh um well, not my whole game. That was the entry point to the game that I'm playing now. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. got to have a lot of I mean, that, there's no
0: way that doesn't show up on what you're doing because, I mean, you've built something very big. But I kind of want I to go, go with, like, this go. whole old kind of interesting timeline right now. Because, go wherever you want to go. Yeah, go. yeah. So you were in Brooklyn, and,
1: <clears throat> and like, you stopped the clothing line, and then yeah. what? Yep. And then my my wife, who uh, was my girlfriend at the time, um, she was like, well, listen, like, I'm looking to our son. We, wa- we wanted our son to go to international school. We were all looking for a different experience, And so um, she took a job in Bangkok. Whoa. And she was like, well, you know, this is, I I tell people all the time, and I always like to say this, like, publicly and on record, like, everything that has happened and what's happening for my life, my wife is, like, the driver of all this shit. Like, she's the visionary. I mean, I am as well. But she has this very, like, interesting way of understanding what's next before I, I mean, I'm big picture, but she'll be like, okay, well, this is what we need to do in a three to five. Well, wow. this is what we need to do in the two to seven. You know, I'm all I'm, I'm like, oh, well, how do we get a, you know, a building where artists can live mm-hmm. and work? You know, that's a 10 year, 20 year plan. Or, yeah, that's you know like the I goal. Mean? And she kind of and, 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 and showed I, I, up. Uh, I was joking with her the other day. I don't know if uh, I was watching a documentary with um Rick Rubin and how everyone says that when they call on Rick Rubin to listen to their album and and executive produce it what end up ha- what ends up happening is that they reduce their mu- he reduces their music so people was like oh Rick Rubin is the reducer because you'll show up with this whole album with like fourteen songs and he's like, it's too much cut it down to like four cut tracks it down or to like five seven tracks like so I, I feel like my wife has a really good sense of like cutting out the noise to what needs to happen so that's what happened when we moved to Bangkok and I because you're awesome parents, by the way, for even being like, yo, I
0: want to expose yeah, my kid to yeah, some it, international
1: it, thoughts and ideas we, like that. That is insane. We Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. In like, a good we, way insane. saying like, Yeah, in a great way. Thank you, cool. man. And, and for us, like we grew up on the other side of it. So we knew how important it was for Taiwan to see something different and new. You know what I mean? Um, at the time, I had no idea of like what Bangkok was going to offer. But I was just like, in fact, I didn't want to go. Like, it took me, like, four months to, like, go. Like, they left before me, and I just... Really? Yeah, man. What were you, like, scared of? Yeah, yeah, the whole... What? I mean, I knew of Thailand. You know, I've everyone, heard Thai food. Yeah, everyone's you know, heard person. of Bangkok. Like, everyone's heard you know, you, of Thailand. You hear of it, but yeah. I'm like, man, to go live, like, not to not speak Thai, to go move away from my entire family, everyone is here. You know, my mom's here. My brother oh, was here at the time. That's a huge, huge He recently huge, huge. moved to Houston. Like, he left the same time we left, When my brother was here. You know, my sister, you know, like at my brother's, everybody was here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So when we left, it was just like a huge thing. And I was I was in search of something that I didn't know, of what I was just going to take a huge leap to see like, okay, well, if I. the thing about life is that like, you know what you can accomplish once you do it, but it's the unknown that you, you should try to try out. Like it's the things that you don't do that'll haunt you. You well, know what I'm I mean, saying? That's some deep stuff right there yeah. too. I mean, so, the unknown is is the fear
0: that can hold a lot of people back from absolutely quitting that job yeah. or or investing a little
1: in something they yeah. care about or yeah. whatever it is yeah. so so we left to uh they left in June of 2014 and I and I left like short after like it took me like 4 months like September dang September but, but my 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 girlfriend My wife at the time, we've been together forever, man. So when we got to Bangkok, I proposed, we got married, we had a wedding there. And literally, like, you know, when we talk about a second home, I feel like New York from that time of 2011 to 2014 gave me something that I needed to get when I got to Bangkok. You know what I mean. You probably got some like crazy hustler's mentality. Well, it, this f- this drive that. Well, from- it, it, it's I. It, it was like a, a residency. Like I can disappear, which I'm very fortunate enough to have that privilege. Right, I can disappear for four years. We were there for four years, not disappear in a sense, but I can go away and hone in and figure out everything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And but you only get that window of time, and it's like, all right, now that you. Master that or figure it out when it's time to get back. You got to roll. You know what I mean? Like, but that didn't all come. This story sounds super beautiful, but I I like to rewind a little bit. Like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like, I spent a lot of my life, like, drinking, you know, like, uh, irresponsibly, uh, harmful. Really? Uh,
0: Yeah. yeah. When we offered you a drink here. Yeah, you are like, no, I don't drink. And I was going to ask on the podcast. So yeah, yeah up. so
1: I, uh, I mean, come from a, a family of it. You know what I mean? Like, I come from a family of it. Um, my father passed away because of drug and alcohol abuse. You know what I mean? So I, it's funny, like, I think at 27, I saw myself going down a really dark, just sh- shitty path of drugs, and not drugs, of alcohol.
0: Can I ask you, just, I've, I've never really known anyone directly yep. affected by it, but like, yep. how, how <clears throat> How much alcohol would you consume? Like, what was like a, a day for? Yeah, it was like that,
1: every day, man. Like like, like, like you were just getting
0: a buzz, or you were drinking like a
1: whole six no, pack. I mean, not even a six pack. So I was, a, I was a whiskey guy. Like, I was oh. just drinking straight liquor, like all day. Like, you know, Johnny Walker Black, like shots, and you know, like I mean, and you just thought you just felt like it was normal. Yeah, I, I felt it was normal. It started social, mm. and then you realize that like it's it's your thing, right? And so you just do it because. That's what you're doing. And you don't even realize that you're in it, but you're in it. You know what I mean? Like, you're just in it because that's what you do. That's so funny.
0: Amir's got... <laughs> <laughs> Amir, Amir's like crawling That Amir, is so can- funny. Actually, he's right out of frame. That's hilarious. That's so funny. It was genius,
1: too. Like, like he crushed it. Like, I shouldn't have said
0: anything, but I couldn't. Sorry, sorry I, that, to laugh. That
1: geeked me out. <laughs> sorry, sorry to laugh. Um, yeah, so uh, that that's what... Um, that was one the, another turning point for my life. But it informed a lot of the decisions that I make today. You know, I, I realized that living that life, I wasn't able to maximize my potential doing that thing. Yeah. And, and that's when I was just like, I had a real like, what do you want to call it? Introspective day. I had called my mom one day and I was like, oh, you know, how old was, was Pops when he kind of like really took it to the next level? And she was like, oh, about 28. We took the drinking thing next Uh, time? Yeah, I mean, like, to just, to really start going. Because she was with my father, like, forever. Wow. Since they were kids. And uh, so she knew him, you know? like, she was like, oh, about 28. And that's how old I was at the time. When we talk about, like, history and genetics and, you know, these things that are generational curses it's real. You know, and we become our parents without even knowing it. You that, know what I mean? That's so true. But so, you, so you're saying like you kind of felt like yeah. you had a predisposition to 300%. drinking just because of your dad. 300 Well, I started he was the one, I started drinking with him. Like oh. I would drink beers and you know just oh uh, take a little swig Might then, not, Yeah. yeah, you know, and then it it turned into something, you know, and then growing up in DC before it was beautiful dc that it is now like it was rough and like it was in our community and you know like certain parts of dc are still rough but Mm -hmm. you get you know for the most part like it was it was a part of the community it was a part but the tricky part about me i was always an honor roll student so like you could never come you could never see because in class i was an a student and on you know on honor society and this and that and that then after school i was just like just drinking yeah all the time every day yeah
0: Yeah. that's that's so interesting i mean i it's one of those things where they can't scientifically prove it that oh, it's linked, but I one hundred percent think man, it's linked man. I one hundred percent think everything that you pass on to your kid, there's gonna be some aspect. Something. You know? Good or bad. Yeah, good, you know, good, it's, it's, it's it's good or good. It's it's you get something from your parent. Both of them. Mm-hmm. You get something from both of them, man. Yeah, and so at twenty seven so like you kinda saw it in your dad and it, that you just kinda yeah, just like yeah. like snapped out then, of and it And then like, you know,
1: I saw I started going to AA and I realized that like, you know, a lot of people there were suggesting that I uh that I uh, um, try uh, controlled drinking. So controlled drinking and alcohol anonymous is something like where, where you decide how many days of the week you're going to drink and how much you're going to drink. And I just knew that I'm an extremist, right? So I'm always on one end of the spectrum doing a whole bunch of something or a whole bunch of nothing. And I was like, you know, at this particular point in my life, I know and understand that I have to stop this completely or it's going to kill me. Oh, and so I went to AA and I stopped and, you know, like, I you know, I, I, I did the cold turkey, like just no drinks. Is and that hard? Yeah, hard. Hardest decision, but the most rewarding decision ever, like ever. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't be probably even sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for just me really saying, all right, black, like, we got to cut this out. Like, <sighs> Unless you you're know. like a highly functional alcoholic. Dude. Uh, you know you what know. I mean? Like, I mean, you just got to stop at a certain point. We have to look at our lives and say, "All right, what's not working, and then like figure out ways to redesign that or stop or adjust or modify those are some hard um, things sometimes when I think and, and they're very hard, and everyone's they've, got their own sort of thing. everybody and it, it's really hard to look in the mirror, yeah, like we can hold a mirror up for everybody like me and you will take a walk down the street, and I'm able to give you all the advice in the world, and then when it's come to my own stuff, it's like, oh, I'll deal with it you know we humans, human That's beings, we got this interesting way of Fixing everybody else's problems. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like I could give someone some great brand advice, but yeah, but but, yeah, but when I look seriously. at my brain,
0: I'm like, I could be doing this better. I could be doing that better. Yeah. I should be putting up more content on this channel. Yeah. And then yeah. So so when you were in Bangkok, you were yep. clean. Yeah, you were. So clean. I
1: moved. I moved move there which is it's not the city to go to as a sober person because you talk really yes yeah, i
0: thought they were like super spiritual religious there and i, mean, I know they, they i know it's they, like they, the lowest
1: they, crime rate they, but they, i thought they were they, they are but you have this weird party social life oh of bangkok and thailand that's just amazing man it's fun um so i went there sober yeah i went there sober our son was 14 um so when did you start doing art did it start in bangkok so so, so funny enough like From the T-shirts and, you know, the clothing line that me and my friends, we had, I was always dancing around the idea of art and creativity. But I feel like 2014, when I left and we moved to Bangkok, there was something I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I want to do. And I was always interested in stationery and pens and typography. But growing up, I didn't know it was a thing. Like, I had nobody in my life at the time that was like, oh, well, you know, you can be a graphic designer and learn Adobe, you know, nobody, right? Like, um, it wasn't until I got to college that I started seeing people, not even people, like one or two people, like on Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever, right? So I had no idea that this was possible. Especially at that time. It was still Especially really young. The, it was very young, right? And so. Um, Nowadays, everyone their mother's a graphic yeah, designer. Everybody. Jesus. I, I mean, you know, in in a way, I like it. Because I feel like creativity is one of those it's the one of the only things in in life and in the world that people want to negotiate with, when in fact it's the only thing that pushes the world forward. Everything we interact with on a daily basis is designed by someone. A oh, house, a car, your clothes. There's a creative thought at the There's some point a creative process behind it, but on the underbelly of it, it's the only industry that is mm-hmm. not fully respected. Right. Like if you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, well, I got to put your arm in a cast and that's going to cost you X amount of dollars. You don't say, oh, but can I give you, you know, I know it's going to cost. Oh, yeah. How about we do this? How about we do this? Right. Like creativity is one of the only industries that it's not fully respected. So you got to put your feet down. You got to put your foot down and just really like lean into that's the important thing. of That's very Being true. a business. never thought about that. Being an entrepreneur, being an uh, understanding business and being very strict on like your business terms and conditions, but then also having like a, a, a serious creative regimen too. It's the only industry. I mean, like if you go to the car, I mean, of course you can negotiate on the car lot or whatever, but like, you know, if you're in trouble and you need an attorney and he's like a hundred grand, you can't say, let me give you 50, like. But that's a hard thing to do, to be a creative who's also good at it business is. like yourself. It is. Like, that's
0: rare, and I feel like a lot of artists it have is. to learn that. It is. And it's, when you can combine them like you do, when yeah. you know, you're very successful in what you I, do. I, it's- I
1: picked it up and then put it down, and now I'm picking it back up. And yeah. Yeah, like, I, that four years we were in Bangkok, I feel like I went on a, a serious learning curve of, like, creativity. Yeah. And now I'm, like, back into... Like understand and just let him, I just love that man, like he <laughs> should just do that the whole episode <laughs> like the hey, that's how should, that's how guests should come on the yeah, yeah, show yeah, yeah Just crawl London and then like emerge on the mic like it's it's so funny, um yeah man so and uh, this is Reggie, you just like pop yeah, up from and the and table just pop up, man, so um <laughs> so yeah thats that's 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 uh where we i guess from where were we, Bangkok, yeah, so that's uh. What am I trying to say? When is, so you were in Bangkok. You, you we were, were in, in Bangkok, in, and I was really diving okay. deeply. In funny story, I, when I first got there, I uh, I'm a huge coffee fan, like specialty same, coffee, pour overs, whatever, right? And so when we moved, I, I didn't know anyone, nobody there. Like it was just literally like no. And so I would go to the same coffee shop, Ink and Lion, every day. I, I had a rotation. I would go to like Ink. I would go to Ink and Lion gallery drip first I started going to gallery drip it was the first place I went to when I got to Bangkok because I read about the number one coffee shops in Bangkok oh yeah I'd go too man and so that's that was the first place I went right was it, was so, it that dang yeah guy? it's awesome man and they they become like long time friends like we're like you know I miss those guys so much right and um we've just become family and friends and I have like a column that I did like some Some graffiti and hand type typography on in their coffee shop in Bangkok, which was the one of the first projects that I worked on when I was there, and um, so I would just only go to the same coffee shops every day. The good ones at that, that number one, the the good ones, man. I don't know why, for some reason,
0: I would think that Bangkok just didn't have a coffee scene, but it's so naive for me to think that. It's
1: it's new. It's new, but it's amazing. We're talking about maybe five to six years. It's very new. But Thai beans are amazing, and then they also have an amazing, like, importation of of beans from Ethiopia, from, you know, from South America. Like, it's a huge, it's a huge thing, man. It's a huge thing. And and I just started meeting people, and, and then, you know, I met a few amazing, like, mentors, and they just, you know, was very, like, listen, man, like, I see something here, you know, because I would always mess around with markers and post things on my Instagram just on paper, like with me writing with different Pasco or crink markers or whatever. But I had no way of getting that off the page, you know, mm-hmm. skill wise through Adobe or whatever. And uh one of my mentors, uh, I call him the Sensei and then <laughs> and then uh, uh, another uh mentor of mine, Funky Dog, that were he, you know, Funky Dog met me one day and he was just like, Listen, man, like you're gonna have to enlarge your canvas. You know, just start messing around with other things and then I met my sensei and uh, he was just like, listen, you you, you really got to like, we, we, we like the joke and call it that you, you got to get two guns, got to be able to play in the analog space and translate that digitally. So I just, I just went hard trying to figure it all out and, and learning all that I could about, you know, how to take my, this experimental hand typography that I was messing around with to turn it into products or prints or artwork and then. When I leaned into that, that's when the Bangkok exhibition started to happen. Oh, so you um, started to turn what you were doing into like a brand yeah, and turn it into yeah. you as an artist. I was kinda of, I was really going back to pick up what I love from my clothing line, but to try to execute it independently with my own ideas and thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I had. I know, you know, distribution and product distribution and wholesaling and all that. Like it's so I, crazy how your past life, so, it coalesces so, all it's, into it's that one so moment. Like like it's dude. so, it's so wild, man. And at the moment, you you, you can't really realize it? Nah, because you're, you're in it and then, you know, it's growing pains and you're investing in tons of money, you know, like you're doing, you know, my wife and I, we funded my career like from start to finish, <laughs> you know, like I don't have any investors or, you know what I mean? Like, so... You put up your money and you invest in yourself, and you know some of it comes back, some of it doesn't. What were some of the things you were heavily investing in when that started your career? Um, all my exhibitions, like all the materials, you know, just like so all expensive. The, all man. all the travel, you know, like I, I've you know I've I've traveled the entire almost yeah pretty much the entire not world but a large portion of Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Korea. Just putting on exhibitions. I mean, no, no. I mean, just to figure out like where I want to show, like what I want to do, like just you know R and D trips. You know, getting like contacts for for products and merchandise. Like I've been you know scouting oh. product like just around. Yeah, like, the exhibitions were that important to your career though. Like, well, like yeah, they... yeah, for me because it was like I had to figure out a way to start getting my work into the world, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in America at the time. Um, so I was in Asia, and then I would start sharing my work online. And my friends and people that knew who I was here in D.C., New York, yeah. they was they started to see, oh, something's happening there. But I was away, you know, so I you You're know, overseas. Yeah, there, there was no way for me to like show what I was doing in America. But I knew I had, <clears throat> I had a huge opportunity to build an international brand and have shows abroad. Which I, you know, living and working in America, we all have to do something to set ourselves apart because it's just such a massive like immersive like rat race you know what i mean like there's a million people trying to do the same thing that that definitely sets you apart i mean when i
0: first yeah. met you you were like yo i came back from bangkok i was yeah. like what yeah. i was like yeah, yeah. i was like yeah. yo this guy's famous in bangkok and now he's back in dc i was yeah. like all right gotta have him on the show like he's <laughs> clearly done doing something right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. now nah, that's um that's uh that's my wife's doing man she's a. Uh, she'll dumb it down but no I, and then when i got there i was like oh all right i get it you know it takes i'm like i'm not dyslexic but it takes me a while to see certain things and then it'll click and i'm like oh like i got it you know what i mean so she was like listen i'm like all right let's roll you know and then when you roll you that's that's the beautiful thing about i feel like one of my strengths once i'm rolling i'm rolling mhm and i feel like i'm in at 35 you know like i started this when I was in college, what, 20, I don't know, however you old, 20, 21, you know? Yeah, like, it's just like that journey. Yeah, just f- like 15 years of trying to figure out who I am as a human being, as a father, as a husband, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, like a long, which is why I tell people all the time, like this, nothing happens overnight. Like we'll look at celebrities and we'll look at whoever and then we're like oh well it looks so easy it looks so easy but but they have a team that grew that it started with this it started with that know, The kevin hart that's selling out stadiums now is the same kevin hart that was you know on soul plane and shit you know what i mean but he's doing stuck tiny probably 10 you know 20 I mean? man 10, 20 rooms 20 like men, but you don't hear about that story you anymore. don't hear about it you know so i, I just feel like And with social media now, like everybody wants instant gratification, but it's a law. If you're not willing to put in the hours and the years of dedicating yourself to something, even if it's self-discovery, right? Like you can go on this journey of trying to figure out who you are and arrive somewhere, which I think is, you know, a huge testament to a lot of the things that are going on in my life now. I just would refuse to give up finding myself. I like the idea of the the dedication
0: to something. Yeah, I think de- that's very important to life. I don't care what it is, whatever it is, just be dedicated the, at something. And
1: that's the beauty of it. I feel like if we all choose a fight, like we can we can solve a lot of the problems in the world. Like we all don't have to stand up for arts and creativity. Like you know, somebody can stand up for Bitcoin. Somebody can stand up for ocean conservation. Somebody can stand up for social justice. I feel like if we all pick a fight and fight that. Like, we won't have this bickering that we have going on. Well, it doesn't right always have to be social, socially forward. Whatever, man. You can say, you know what? I just want to be a pediatrician. And we thank you. Because what you guess what? To. Like, all of us have a child that's going to need you one day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A garbage man. Like, I think America has a huge problem with honoring noble work. Like, honorable work. You know what I mean? Like, somebody has to get your trash. Somebody has to turn on your internet service. Somebody, you call in your credit card company when you lose your credit card. That's somebody on the... On the other end, doing customer service, I did it in college. You know what I mean, Mm -hmm. like. And we have a huge problem with respecting honorable work. We think you either got to like build an app or some shit, or go on Netflix or become a. It's really easy to look at those sort of jobs and feel like they're just shitty jobs. But really, there's a lot of heart in there. There's a lot of heart in it, man. I mean, you know, I mean, not. I don't know, but can you imagine what it's like to? Say, all right, I'm gonna be a garbage man. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, it, I think
0: that's why because I don't think anyone arrives at that. I don't think anyone well, is is I'm gonna be the best
1: garbage man in the no, goddamn but I, world. No, I mean possibly. Like if you if you grow up with something and it's in your family, true, right? I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I knew that I had DC as a scope when I was little to see that this is. At that time, this is, this wasn't the only place. I, I knew my life couldn't end here like it does for many people. And a, good, had men- get out. a, a good mentor of mine who is no longer with us, uh, 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 Ray Jones, who was my college advisor, he was like, listen, like, you're out of here. Like, you got to go somewhere. Like, you, I'm going to talk to your mom. I'm going to talk to whoever. Like, you got to go somewhere. Because oh. for me, I was, to be perfectly honest... I was gonna be happy with like being a barber and like working at the fire department or some shit. And I'm not knocking any of that at all, right? Like, but the trajectory of when you're in DC growing up back then to get that good government job or to have some sort of stability. No one was even thinking about abundance. It was just like
0: survive. How can I get by?
1: How can I survive? How can I just How can I get survive? to the next month's right? Because that's what we knew. That's what we were you know what I mean? Like that was the thing and my mom my mom is I think speaking of like what you get from your parents, I feel like my mom is this like very subtle old like wizard where she just gives you a little nugget. And I find myself like going back to those nuggets very often. She's like, you know, anybody can survive in life, but thriving is the thing. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. You You know, know? you got to figure out a way to like try to trek that water. And my wife, like we just was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And that's what we want to put in our son. That's what I want to put in my nephews. And, my younger brothers and you know i get it from a lot a lot of same similarities from my older sister too so we we just got it yeah it so we it. just uh yeah man i mean that's but i i always like to reference that story of of understanding where you are and then figuring out a way to get out of it you know because mm-hmm. my wife always says all the time like a lot of people can't see the picture when you're in it like If you're in it, you just... You can't. It's hard to see outside of yourself, I think. Like, when I came home, one of the interesting things that I was not struggling with, but I had to catch myself a lot. Like, everyone was interested in our story and our travels. And then I'll see somebody that's dealing with much more, like, day-to-day real shit than for me to talk about how beautiful Christchurch New Zealand is. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, bro, like, you know, my son is being bullied at school or about to get beat up or potentially shot at by some dudes that's in the hood, you know, like, or oh. I can't pay my cell phone bill or mm-hmm. my rent is behind. Like, so we get, we get this thing in life where sometimes we fall on this is about me and really none of this shit is about who we are, which is where I'm at with my art. Like, which is why I do my art. I'm just trying to visually articulate thought provoking messaging 'Cause I grew up on like, you know, you've been a dinner's office and you see that cheesy ass you can do it poster and you feel what it's saying, but you're like, man, that shit is ugly. You yeah, know what I mean? You like, can't really feel it. Like, you okay, can't like, really feel it. I can't probably you know what, what I mean? Like every DC public school had a, a a a collection of posters that was in the hallways that had these like jumping stars or some it's shit. Like they all had the same motivational they all, posters. They all had the same motivational posters and I was, I mean, not at that time, but I can probably look back at it now and be like, man, like, that's what, that's, so I'm just trying to make, like, inspiration beautiful. I do know, I see that a lot in your art. It's very,
0: like you said, text, font-driven. It's always very sort of introspective, maybe, like, um, motivational, but also yeah, yeah. just sort of real life, like the one you had where it's, you're exactly where you should be. Supposed to be, yeah. You're exactly I, where you're I, supposed took, to be. It took
1: me a while just to lean into what I want to do. Like, I, you know, I grew up reading a lot. I love words. Uh, I love human conversations. But more importantly, I just like raising thoughts and questions mm-hmm. to people. You know what I mean? And so I was like, all right, well, if you just got a cool quote, that's all right. But can you make it beautiful enough for anybody to like it and enjoy it? Because I understand that that aspiration, inspirational world is a bit much for people. It's like, oh, like, come on, dude, like everything ain't always good. Fair enough, it's not. But I'm, I think the world is too full of negativity to sign up to invest in that shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I'm just not going to live my life like, oh, okay, yeah, everything isn't cool. It's not, but we can rewire ourselves to focus on the positive. The same way that we have advertising for products, I think there needs to be advertising for the human condition and, like, mental health. And I feel like that's what you're doing with your art? That's what I want to do. I mean, I I would love to have the same space that, like, Budweiser for a beer to have with a big-ass, like, inspirational quote on 95 or something. What would be the inspirational quote for beer? I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm not—for one, I wouldn't do, like, you know, just not— trying to inspire people to drink
0: Yeah, beer. I was about to say, come on, man. You're a nah, you're, you're, I
1: mean, you're, you're non-drink, you're a straight edge, nah, bro. Come on. I don't, I don't know how I could
0: do that, though. Like, that'll be an interesting Like, to make someone's life better, but also to encourage them to drink beer. Yeah, be, it'd be
1: yeah, a hard one. Yeah, that's a hard I one. I I'm not going to, I'd say yes to that partnership, but, you know, we, we're <laughs> not exactly the same. <laughs> and funny enough, like, probably when this hits the internet or something, like, if a beer company hits me up i'm gonna be like this fucking bruce <laughs> <laughs> hey reggie we, we watched the whole podcast and like we want to figure out a way to like inspire beer i'm like man you got the wrong guy and then they're like oh but we want to give you five million dollars yeah exactly
0: that's why i'm like that partnership looks real
1: sweet i'm like oh you
0: know i don't want to promote drinking but yeah. damn you know I, I, i'd remix this pbr pretty fast for that budget you know what i'm saying like Oh uh, man, no. So uh no, nah, this is fun, man. Um that'd be funny, like the yeah. other PR like it's like, is this really what you want? Yeah <laughs> or something yeah. like that. I, I don't know,
1: man. <laughs> I I that that'll be a tricky one. But you're right, like it'll be an astronomical number that you're like, oh well, like let me figure this out. So um so yeah, man, that's I don't know where we're going with this. But so now I'm back. You know, yeah. four years away, um, traveled the world. That sounds like that's where you kind of found yourself with that, yeah, that that three hundred percent that, that,
0: that, that Four years in Bangkok. 300%. Investing in yourself, honing your craft, like these incredible mentors, which yeah. is, I'd say is really lucky to Yeah, me. I, I, I think like...
1: I've been fortunate, man, to always have amazing people in my life, mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know how, you know, the universe and, you know, the, the the blessings from above, like I've always just been really blessed and fortunate throughout my entire life, you know, like guys in the neighborhood, you know, my uncles, like, you know, <clears throat> relatively not having a father figure. My uncles stepped up. You know what I mean? Guys in the hood stepped up. You know, like my mentors and teachers in, in school stepped up. Like I had, you know, people give, you know, public schools a hard time, but growing up in DC, like I had a, a lot of amazing teachers in DC when I was at Clark Elementary and McFarland Middle School and Roosevelt. Like a lot of amazing teachers. It's and it seems like you always kind of attracted
0: these people that really wanted to help. I think that's, you that's out what mentally.
1: it is, man. I don't, I don't know. I just always knew. I saw what was around me, and I knew I didn't want that to be the end of it. And mm-hmm. um, and that, I, as you said, like, to, to really find myself, like, yeah, that was, that was, I was trying to make a point at that somehow. But, yeah, that's what it was. I really wanted to go away and, like, find myself and get rid of a lot of the notions that I was told. Because growing up, I thought I was an extrovert, but really I'm an introvert. Whoa, Yeah, yeah, and so, so, so I was just questioning a lot of the things that I was taught, you know, religion, you know, who I am as a person. But growing up, you know, you got a, a, a crew of homies, like, you want to go outside and play. But really, I could be okay with just being in the house. Or, the, the friends kind of tell you what you should be doing. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, you you kind of form yourself around the collective of that group or absolutely. whatever it is. And I think a lot of people do that. Like, they sign up for the things that aren't for them and then realize that it's not who they really are. And then it's too late. And then they got to figure out a way to like either retreat or re- rewrite another story. So going away was that thing for me, like you know. But plus, you're it's like you're traveling.
0: that's has got to be so inspirational. It's a whole new culture. I mean, that, yeah, that, that it, 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 I just, mean, living a ab-
1: so <laughs> it sparks so much creativity. Living abroad, man, is the you know. I'm like I said, we're we're a fortunate family. We're a blessed family. And We'd never take that for granted. A life changing experience to be you know in Vietnam, to be in in Hanoi, to be in. You know, uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, Queenstown, New New Zealand, Australia,
0: Korea. Was the art, when when you were putting out art and doing that stuff in in Thailand, were they
1: receptive? Like, is there like a developed art scene and stuff? I had three exhibitions in Bangkok, one exhibition in Tokyo and then one exhibition in Hong Kong. That sounds so goddamn cool. And thank you, man. And it was goddamn hard work because when you get there, you don't know anybody. So you don't have any contacts. So you just have to literally do what I like to call the groundwork. You have to get on the ground and walk to galleries, and walk to coffee shops, and walk to public spaces, and like show up and try to pitch your work. And you get told a shitload of no's. You get a thousand no's before you even get maybe one maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm in that process right now of, of trying to I mean? find a spot for my next exhibition. You know what I mean? Like, like you just you have to be okay with being told no a lot and get better <laughs> a lot. Like I was pitching to have an exhibition in Tokyo for years. And I, like, you know, the Japanese culture, which is my favorite place in the world, um, they just aren't for horrible design. So it was like, get better. Dang. You know, like, get better and come back, you know, maybe next year, maybe next year. So you get told no, and then you have the language barrier on top of that. So, I mean, I I literally spent, you know, the first year when we got there, just on the ground in, in Bangkok trying to, like, Connect and meet people, and you know, like I don't want
0: to talk about race, but was it different being a black dude there too? You can
1: talk about race three hundred percent, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, that, was, rough, was that a factor at all? Rough, rough, rough. Uh, one of the things that I feel like the world has done a poor job of is putting stereotypes on black people, in particular really? black men. Hell yeah. Um, so I oh, know I'm saying really, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it's like right. uh, so it's like um, if you most people just think that we are basketball players are rappers you know or with that person on the news and they don't see you know black men as prominent intellectual in anything other than that Mm -hmm. and you know that comes with stereotypes and why are you here and what are you trying to do and you know i guess it's rough so you got to get through that you got to get through the gatekeepers and then you got to get through even just trying to get a shot Mm. you know um so it's, it's a lot that you got to go through, you know, and be willing to get up and do it tomorrow. Yeah. Like being laughed at for being black, being, you know, pointed at, you know, most people yeah, in hate. I age, can imagine. Yeah, it's rough, man. Like, so, so it's a, it's a huge, it's a big ass, like. But wait, they would
0: point at you? Like, like, oh, yeah. like you would walk down the street yeah. and kids yeah. and stuff would be like. Yeah. Man, what?
1: They would touch grab my wife's hair and shit. Why? So it's a it's a romantic story, but there's so much that we went through to be there. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like everything has a price, mm-hmm. right? Like if you say you want to be free, you got to be willing to like be poor or figure out a way to su- support yourself, right? If you if you're anti-system, you better figure out a way to create your own system. 100%. You know what I mean? If you want to travel, you better be prepared to like deal with what comes with travel. You know, like, everything, you know? it's to, It was to the point even a lot of times, like, in particular, like, r- we were there, like, right after Trump got elected.
0: Whoa.
1: And And uh, it was to the point where it kind of moved from, yes, it was still about being, like, black, but it was damn near to the point of a, being American. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Trump's like, like, yeah, like you're like black American in, yeah, in Thailand. It's and it's people, just, People, so you got to be willing. Uh, if if you're traveling, you just got to be willing to deal with everything that comes. You are with that it. stereotype. You are that stereotype. And as 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 the the father and the husband, I was like, you know, our obligation as our family is to make sure that we can change every perspective and narrative about people that we, when we interact and meet with somebody, we change their perspective of what they think black people are. Most importantly, and then Americans, like, no, like, sure, you hear the stats and you hear this, but. My unit, my team, my family, my son and my wife, like, we represent the opposite. And even, like, friends that I had to come, you know? Like, one of my closest homies, Sekou, like, he would come and we would travel. And, like, you get two black men traveling in Southeast Asia, they look at you like, oh, they over on some shady shit. But, oh. you know what I mean? We're just literally culture junkies, like, in love with, you know, Angkor Wat. And I took him to, uh, where did we go, Cambodia. It's Actually, one of my favorite, when we talk about, Culture and appreciating what you have, Cambodia is the, is the country to go to if you really want like a mind fuck. Like I'm Cambodia, talk, yeah, it's like, a third world country, right? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, third world for sure, man. Oh. I and mean, We're talking about like fifty years behind, no infrastructure. Beautiful though, you got to go and go to Angkor Wat. Um, beautiful country though, but no infrastructure, no government support. You know, wow. most, most people living on like floating villages, living off a dollar seventy five a day. I mean, when you talk about like. How fortunate we are, you know. It's you got to go away to really see what people are going through, and of of, of course, like a lot of people are going to hear this or say, "Oh, well, those problems aren't my own." But any one of us could have been there. Like it's just the luck of the draw that you were born where you were. I was born where I am. Like wherever your consciousness wherever is slotted con- into, whenever saying? you were like. like shoo, so so we the reality go. is like, like the human the human responsibility is all of ours. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, "Oh, that." It's it's weird. Like you'll see when we're on Instagram and something tragic will happen in a city or a state or a country, everybody's like, oh, pray for. But you don't even want to sympathize with anybody outside your bubble in Georgetown on a day-to-day basis. Pray for, you know for France the whole. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm with it. it. Yeah. I I get it. But it's like don't do that when you don't even want to take care of your neighbor or look out for the guy to ask you for a dollar on Florida Avenue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird, man. We're just we're the world is reactionary. Yeah. It's like, why,
0: why help a global thing? Which I get it. It's altruistic. It's a Absolutely. good thing, but it's, I'm sure wherever you live could probably use there's, there's your, a your awareness. There's an older woman a next more. door
1: to somebody everywhere that needs groceries. And I doubt that all of us rarely would ever offer. Oh, you, I'm going to Trader Joe's. You need something like, think about it. Like how many basic level things we pass up that we could really help somebody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Every cup of coffee I drink, for the most part, let's say it's four dollars. That's a meal for somebody on the street. It is. You know what I'm saying? That's an expensive cup of coffee, but that's just what it is. In and DC. That, you know, a, a drip like like a a brew coffee. Not don't get a pour over or a Starbucks drink yeah. or frappe with the double drip. I mean, with the double it's like syrup, a, it's like and a the seven dollar drink and, right there. It's a seven. That's a meal it's for somebody. Someone ate for like two days off that. You know what I mean? So it's 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 you know we just got to do a better job of realizing where we are and what we want to do with our responsibility as human beings and thing, mm-hmm. But that's what living abroad taught me. One of the major things it taught me is just, you know, like, listen, like, be fortunate and make sure that you can make your blessings count because everybody doesn't get this opportunity. As, an, as a welfare kid growing up in D.C. in the 80s and emerging through all of that with the mom and the family structure that I was raised in and the circumstances, my only obligation at this moment is to... Ensure that I prove why I was chosen to emerge out of that shit. That's and, really cool. And, and with that, like, I just got to do the work and it's make sure that I'm doing something for other people. It's cool to see that you're aware of that and that yeah. you kind of have this
0: thing on your back where yeah. you left and now you're back in the city and it's like, yeah. okay, how am I going to put on? Yeah. And, and I do notice that the message is through your work. It's yeah. You are giving back in a sense maybe you might put that seat of thought and someone's all I'm trying mind to do with, with with that one phrase or whatever it was. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, like yeah. I keep going back to it. You're exactly where you want to be. That kind of fucked me up yeah, when it, I saw it, that. It fucks a lot of people up. I, w- I was like, damn. Cause we're because we because you are like, like, never where you want to be. That's no. the problem, is you never are.
1: And, and if you say you are, then it's like, then let me just vanish into thin air. I'm just really trying to always put out things that we talk about in our head or in personal conversations. You got a homie that you know for sure that you only express certain things to. And I feel like my art is kind of like that. That conversation that mm-hmm. I just wanna plan a see. I don't have it all together. I don't have it figured out. I'm going through the trenches every day, trying to learn it as well. But I want to make sure that I'm like transparent about what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and what what's going on. And uh, my uh, my grandfather, my father's father, growing up, um, he would always tell my mom that I was going to be a pastor. And I'm I, I went on an interesting wave of religion and church, and Ooh. not 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 not, not uh, trying to be a pastor but just questioning the whole thing. And it's funny, like, now if you look at my work, it has this, like, missionary thing to it. You know what I mean? Where I'm like just a missionary trying, of thought or I something. I mean, just a thought, you know, like, just to raise questions. Or, you know, that that might have been a bit deep. But, like, I'm, I think I'm doing my own, like, way of just kind of questioning or, you mm-hmm. know, like, not evangelism because that's too... I don't want to give myself that. But just... Doing, oh, doing the thing, a human a human work, that's what I would say. That's what the art is for me. Through art and design and, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a human work to really push people to something that they might not think about it. Because we're all thinking about it, but we're all thinking about it in our silos. You know, like, mental health is very important to me, so I'm using that to, I'm using the mental thoughts and conversations in my head to put on a page and an art to, to question the world. Yeah, no, I... I
0: you know, doing a little bit of research about you, I saw you had a TED residency and you had a uh, thing where you gave a speech and you were talking about mental health in the the black community about how it was, you know, suck it up, be a man and something like that. And I thought that was pretty powerful. I mean, it's not something that I dealt with because it's a very cultural thing. Yeah. But I'm sure
1: it's something a lot of people in D.C. can relate to. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's, I guess I I danced, not danced around it, but I, I, I interjected a lot of that. Just telling you a little bit about who I am and growing up here. Yeah, but that, yeah, I know. You know 100%. what I mean. But that's so. When I got to TED, I was a part of the first uh, TED inaugural residency, where uh, of course, like TED Talks, you go to. Was this to, overseas or Is here? No, this was here. So I flew oh. back to the US for it, oh. summer of 2016. It's been about three years now. How'd you get recognized for that? How'd you even get that? How um, you- a friend of mine was like, "Listen, I hear, uh, I hear TED's about to do something. You should apply." And I was like, "There's no way, like." <laughs> Yeah, I'm well, a we've bit, all seen those TED you talks. You're like, like, come so, on! Like, so I applied. Shauna, actually, I want to give her proper credit. Um, I met her in Houston at a Creative Mornings in Houston, and she emailed me and she's like, "Hey, I think Ted is like about to do something." And I'm always weird about saying people's names because I hate like name dropping because um, I feel like people in my life do things without recognition. So sometimes mm-hmm. you'll hear me do like I'll call some my uh nickname or something just to kind of keep people. I don't know, out of it and respect that, understand. But I do want to give people proper credit because I'm not doing this alone. Like, there's a lot of people that support me mentally and throw me connections and, you know what I mean? So anyway, so Shauna reached out and was like, you should apply to Ted's doing this residency. They're trying to try it out. You know, 27 different artists and entrepreneurs and people from different disciplines. We had a marine biologist Ocean conservation uh, doctor, like, oh, like it was like it was like a, it was like a it, we were like the Avengers, bro. Like, like yeah. it was like it was like twenty seven different people um, from all parts of uh, the U.S. and all parts of the world. We had uh, an amazing animator from Ukraine, like wow. a doctor, um, all of which who I'm still very connected and close to. Immigration attorneys, you know, film writers, filmmakers, and the idea that Ted wanted to do. Um, shout out to Cindy and Katrina, who are the program director and assistant director of the program at TED. And the objective was to get 27 people into a space and figure out to see if we could all disrupt the ideas that we came in with. Like, how could being in a room with a doctor affect the way that I see things from an artistic perspective? Interesting. Well, how could an immigration attorney see something different working with, uh, I don't know, uh... Uh, uh, an emergency doctor. That's right? so cool. Like, Such an interdisciplinary so approach. So just really it. like take all the juxtapositions and clash them against each other and see what you come up with. Would you? Would you come up with? Um, at the time I was working on a project. Um, um, I was trying to use public messaging to do what I'm doing now, but I did. I couldn't. I wasn't quite good at it. Mm. Um. What do you mean public messaging? So I was always interested in, like, using mass messaging and media to raise questions. So I always wanted to see, like, my work in telephone booths or on public murals. Or, mm. So I was, I was trying to figure that out. It's like a street art kind of like sense right Like a street right art thing. You know, it was, it was like a street art thing, but I wanted to, like, put it, yeah, I guess bigger. Or, like, imagine, you know, like a full rollout like a Nike campaign. <sighs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I that's love. literally now, everywhere. That's something when nope. you yeah, you talk about the beer thing. Now that's something. Nope. Nike call and like, hey, we want to do an inspirational. I'm kind of putting that out there in the universe. I can't put it <laughs> out there in the ethos, man. You never know who's listening. Yeah, to this but bad you know, like if, if you know what I mean. Like, hey, listen, like you know, one of the brands that I, I, you know, like Nike, Adidas, Apple, whatever. But so that was the whole goal. And then as a result of that, at the end of the program, we all gave a TED talk, and um, I. Uh, knew that I needed to say something important, but I think for a long time I wasn't really, like, owning my story, mm-hmm. which is how we got to me talking about what it's like to grow up as a young black man in D.C., living with the stereotypes of, you know, vulnerability being a weakness. And that's what I wanted to make sure. Like, with that platform, just, you know, all my, uh, I guess, teenage life looking at TED Talks and standing on that red dot, I wanted to make sure that I said mm-hmm. something important. And it it was it was, it was was probably one of the most satisfying and gratifying things that I could have done. And you're saying it
0: to a group of intellectuals too. Yeah, you're saying it to a group you're of- You're saying it to some of the smartest people who were been chosen. Like you're saying this stuff and the reach that Ted has, so you can put that message absolutely. out there. That's, y- that's pretty profound. Y- y- that's thank cool. you, man.
1: I'm, I'm. you know, like you're saying it to a group of intellectuals and you're also saying it to a group of people that may or may not understand it either. Yeah. And that's what I think like what the power of- where we are in the world right now we all have a platform to say something like all of us have a media channel like our platform our social media accounts we're all like our own Netflix now yeah you know what I'm saying so like when you ask yourself what are you really the name of my TED talk was are you using your voice which funny enough was the name of my first exhibition in Bangkok <laughs> Yeah, so so it's it's literally when you go through the thread, if you know me enough, and I guess this, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be on this podcast because a, a lot of people okay. don't know these components of my life. They just think that I just showed up at Umbrella and it's like a beautiful show. Like, nah, bro.
0: Nah, and the thing like, is, is like we spent so much little time talking about your art, but I think yeah. it's, it's really not that important. Well, I mean, it is. it is. But knowing what makes you who you are
1: as Reggie is is what makes the art. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Like, like like you can... You can come to, I could have a, an exhibition of mine could be a podcast and Mm -hmm. people can just listen to what I'm really after. And you might get more out of that than coming to see the art on the wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it connects you too. And it connects you. I feel like as an artist, like as an artist, a designer, whatever you want to like label me as like, it's my obligation to tell the stories that I think that are important that people may or may not tell. You know what I mean? As a 35-year-old black man in this country, like, I got to be able to say something, you know, that when my son looks and it's like, oh, well, pops did it, like, I can do it too. You know, or my nephews are like, well, what you mean I can't go play basketball overseas? My uncle went to go be an artist overseas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, look what he did. He, what he made he it did. possible. Or, he came from the same anybody, situation. Or anybody, you know, like, I'm, I'm only doing this to make sure that if another young black man is questioning the idea of becoming something, he can look at me and be like, oh, like, I grew up on food stamps and on welfare in D.C. And I'm not painting a sad story. I'm painting a, a story of what it's like to see something and then want something different. It's optimistic. It's optimistic, You know, it's, it's wrong, like, look, if I can
0: do it, you can do it. If anyone looks like only, you can do it, then, then it's, it's very possible. That was it, man. But now you're in D.C.
1: doing it. Like, yeah. now you're in D.C. And- Grateful. Grateful to be back because I struggle with, I struggle with my relationship with D.C., Really? Yeah. Like a love-hate sort of thing? Yeah. Or? Like it's it's the city that broke me but made me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a city that growing up in it, it ain't fun. Like, yeah, it's fun now. You can go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's in a block and, <laughs> you know, and eat farm-to-table food. But it was It was wasn't, way different when you were It was way it. different. It man. was way different. And most man. people that are walking around today don't know that. And possibly
0: don't care. Well, they, they hear the screams of gentrification. Everyone yeah. hears yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone hears them, especially when the whole hashtag don't mute DC thing is going Stuff on. Like that. You know, that's very cool, DC
1: culture. Yeah. And everyone knows about that. Yeah. But not people experienced it. Absolutely. I and, didn't experience it. And, and, you know, what's funny now, I get a, I mean, I don't get a kick out of it. I guess I get a kick out of it. And it's a bit sad, too. That when you meet a DC native, people are like, What are you from DC? Like, it's like this just became the place of, you know, like everybody else. So like you'll meet I'll meet people and it's almost like a, I don't know, like an extra stamp now. It's like, oh wait, wow, are you actually you're, from DC? You're actually from like from here. It's it's a weird thing. So that the when I say the love-hate relationship, it's like, how do I rewire my brain to fall in love with the city? That gave me something to go out into the world growing up. Keep in mind, like all my stories from entrepreneurship from my childhood, seeing, you know, how black excellence moved throughout the city when it was Chocolate City and using that to translate and move around the world and then come back to a place that's totally different. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a, it's a with all, you know it's a mindfuck. It to be yeah, it has to be a yeah, mindfuck. Mind you're, you're like whoa, this is it's this is mind the mind. climate that I wish I had when yeah. I was coming up. And-, and and don't get me wrong, like I'm for all of the progression. I just wish that everybody could be a part of it, mm-hmm. right? Like with gentrification, it's like when they come, whoever the they is, they displace a whole fucking community. You know what I mean? Like the politicians, somebody got to be like, all right, like you can get. This part, but you can't get the whole block. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or even if so, like all right, we'll figure out a way how to put affordable housing.
0: I don't know, bro. I I'm feel not- like I, honestly, I feel like that's kind of like a, a non thought. Yeah, it's a non-thought. I, I, I I feel like you know they whoever is allowing this development, whatever it is, yeah. is they're thinking it's cleaning up the block. Yeah. they're thinking it's cleaning and, the and, block and, wherever and, they're gonna go is wherever they
1: go. Absolutely, and that that's the that's the interesting part. So being here now and uh my 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 new roles um here uh my artistic practice and then also being a director of the a gallery that we're opening on 14 on 14th and h northeast mahari sequar oh, yeah, gallery um so when i first got back I, uh not first got back a couple months after i got back i was approached um and a great guy by the name of uh mahari sequar he does a lot of work in D.C. and I was connected to him. I'm only name dropping because I want to give people proper credit. Um, and his name's on the gallery too. Other, so. Otherwise, I would just you know say so and so and so and so. On. But a good friend of mine, Tabby Bonet, who did a lot for the independent music scene here in D.C. years before there was a music scene, he connected us, and we've just had our head we we've had our head down for the past five to six months building out a 1,400 square foot gallery in Northeast D.C. It'll be an independent gallery, and the goal is for us to explore the globe through art so what you what you see in New York, what you see in Paris, what you see in Berlin, we want to bring that to d c you know like we want to really uh, articulate a global narrative through art so you'll have you know a local artist, a regional artist an international artist all in one all in one gallery mm. like really you know imagine coming one month and you see an artist from India and then the next month you see an artist from d c Then the next month you see an artist from Costa Rica or whatever, right like d c is has one of the most powerful museum systems because of the Smithsonian, yeah, right. But I feel like in terms of the independence they, they don't show new artists museums shows old famous artists they style. show right so you have to we as the independent scene have to do a better job at elevating the platforms of artists because oftentimes what will happen is that a bunch of artists will show around the city and I like to personally call it, you just recite, you're just recycling artists. Hey, you want to show here? You want to show there? You want to show there? You want to show there? But they're not raising their platforms, Mm. right? Like you're only allowing them to show work in spaces, but are they selling it? Are they selling their work? Are collectors looking for them? Are they able to go to other cities and have exhibitions in other cities are they able That's, to a be. A other That's a whole nother level. It's a whole
0: nother level. That's a whole another art world that I deal with personally, but also I see yep. a lot of other artists dealing with. Yeah. because no one really knows how to crack into that. Absolutely. And, and I guess if your work is of a
1: certain level, then you will. Yeah. By default, you will. But I think it also takes a little tenacity on your own part and to some try to seek it. Yeah. yeah. Some business. You have to, to seek it to, to try to seek it. Right. Like even before I was into all of this, I would literally just go to like New York and. Walk around and try to understand it. You know what's, what I mean. Like, what's the gallery scene like in D.C.? I mean, I know you're um, coming. I'm, but I'm just you- coming back, so I, I guess I'm premature to speak on it. But when I when I when I was here, it was very few. Like I'm back now, and I'm starting to get out and see what's going on, and it's great. You know, I think I think the critical mass is important. I think the more galleries, the better. But I also know how how expensive uh, you know commercial spaces are here in D.C. So you might not be able to get. When I was in Berlin, and I always reference other cities because I want to make it very clear that as washington d c the 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 you know one of the most tourist visited powerful cities in the world, we have the same power to do what you see other cities around the world hundred right? so when I was in Berlin, I was going to exhibitions in people's lofts oh right i mean fully fun- it's a it's a, it's a it's a matter of uh standard. But the problem with those, with those
0: sorts of exhibitions is that they don't have what something like your gallery will have, and that's yes. reach to collectors, yes. that's more awareness,
1: that's but eyes they, on they, the space. And, and that's, the, that, that's the point I'm making. There has to be a, a, a hierarchy of those experiences even to just rally the creative energy here, mm-hmm. right? Like Like if you're an emerging artist here and all you think about is getting in the Smithsonian but you know you'll never you got to damn near unfortunately die to get in there. <laughs> you pretty much have to be dead to be you know in the Smithsonian. <laughs> like like it's like man like so I I might maybe not dead but you it's a long shot and it's very discouraging for most people. I don't think that should be someone's goal On Not the not someone's goal. But, but I, get, I get what you you're saying, see what I mean like like if you if you want to raise your profile in a city you look to the biggest thing for it i think what's
0: interesting about the difference between like you said the exhibition and the lofts mm-hmm. and in the gallery space mm-hmm. is that it's easy to hate on both it's easy to hate. it's, it's very easy it's like easy i'm to hate very on guilty of hating on the white wall gallery mm-hmm. because why i'm just curious why yeah. Be- because it it doesn't have soul sometimes like mm. And, and so let, let me back this up, why, why I hate on it, because Go when I've been on D.C., when I since I've been a part of my artistic journey in D.C. and seen these events, mm-hmm. all of my favorite art events are things that kind of defy the traditional gallery space. Yes. They are events where there's some music playing. Gotcha. There's some art. It's in a space that's not conventional. Yep. And it seems more of like an event. Mm-hmm. It seems it's an art show, mm-hmm. but it's more of an event mm-hmm. as where the traditional art gallery mm-hmm. is white walls. It's mm-hmm. it's. It's very crappy operating hour times. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get into, mm-hmm. um, and there's it just seems like there's a lot of barriers. But when I look at that, it seems like very few people go to those. But when I look at the event, I'm like, man, that's from a business side. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense financially because you could make a lot of money, yeah, selling alcohol, yeah, or selling small merch. Well, I
1: think it depends on what game you want to play, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, is it, so you're saying these are like two different games? Yeah, I think it's two totally different games. You can have a great event. And True. you can have an amazing gallery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I feel like I, I feel like they're both important, but you just have to decide what game you want to be in. You know what I mean? Like they're they're both equally important. It's just like the the events, the non-traditional spaces are perfect because it gives people an introduction to what art is. You know, a lot of people that came out the umbrella, and I love that experience. It was amazing, right? Like it gave people a scope into the creative scene that they would have never known existed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? but a gallery is important because it solidifies the it solidifies people moving into another realm and level of their art as a business. Mm. And that's the part that we always try to hate on and, and shun because as an artist and creativity, we got this weird thing where we don't really want to fuck with the business side of things. When in fact, if you really want to make it, you have to lean into the business side. You have to lean into the gallery. You have not even a gallery. Like you got to figure out a way to do something. You Just gotta your get, business. You got to get a brand collaboration. You got to get a, you know, a, a, a distribution deal with your artwork or you got to collaborate with the hotel to do the decor. Art isn't a thing that you should spend your life doing and not be compensated properly for it. Mm. And I think that everybody always wants you to be an underground artist forever. And some of them have that mentality too. And some of them, and that's not a mentality to have because what happens is that you string a lot of people along in that process. You, you, it's cool when you're solo and independent and out here with no responsibilities, but if you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner and then you got a kid and it, like you just, if you're talented enough, your goal should be trying to figure out how you can be paid by doing your talent. You made an interesting point and that's
0: <clears throat> the idea that they both serve a different purpose. They both serve a The different event point. is more of like a purpose that's socially activating, mm-hmm. like get some followers, get some local clout, get some awareness. Yeah. And, but, but I feel like no one ever buys things at those events unless yes. you're Reggie Black and you sell out at Umbrella. <laughs>
1: you know, we're all not um, you. I'm, but I'm, 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 listen, I'm, uh, what I'm saying is that I think it's very important to embrace all of it. Mm-hmm. And at this state, we have to understand that the art world is changing, the galleries are changing. But we have to respect tradition, but then also figure out ways to push the envelope forward. And we have to, all of us as artists and creators and designers and entrepreneurs, no matter if you're exploring audio or if you're exploring visuals, whatever your artistic practice is, we got to tighten up our terms and conditions and our business acumen of art. Because the world is infinite and it's powerful. And like, yes, at one point it was go get a college degree, but you can, you know, creativity is shifting the world. You know what I mean? Like, and we shouldn't... It's like, you know, it's like your favorite band. The moment they sell out a tour or they get, you know, a hundred new followers on Instagram, I'd use Drake, for example. We love Drake on So Far Gone, but now that Drake is, you know, damn near Jay-Z status, or oh, he's sold out. Well, yeah. isn't, like, what are we doing this for? You know what I'm saying? Like, But, but that pinnacle he's at now
0: where he's sold out is... Kind of where you want to be. I'm not saying that's where I want to be, no, but no, not, not you. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like as artists in general, it's, yeah, he, he's like, made it. He's successful. Like
1: I'm saying, I want to make sure that all of this sacrifice as an artist, I can financially look at my life and be like, all right, cool. And I know that sounds super, like whatever. But if you're not in this to pursue something that you can pass on, what are you doing it for? Mm. It's a hobby to some people. Fair enough. And then that's the thing. Like if you have a nine-to-five job to support that, fair enough. But for most people, a lot of the friends that I know are dedicating their entire lives to art and creativity and entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're leaving traditional jobs to take the leap with families, without families, to do really interesting things. Being an artist is another word for being an an entrepreneur. You have to figure out a way to be an entrepreneur, right? Like, and I'm being back in D.C., I'm meeting and connecting with so many people that – really have that. I was at Umbrella because of Nina O'Neill from Monochrome Collective. She invited me. She's an amazing curator. She is. And she said, listen, like she comes from the, you know, the gallery world. And she said, we met through my friend Allison and and um, who is the owner of Locale Workspace, you know, mm-hmm. a co-working space in D.C. And so all of my friends that I know are dedicated, you know what I mean? So for me, I can't, I just can't buy into the noise. I'm a no, I'm, what do you want to call it? I'm a no noise guy. Like Mm -hmm. I hear and see what's going on on Instagram or how people shit on other things and other people. But the reality of it is like you got to be a crazy person or obsessive, optimistic person to pursue art and creativity and pick one and then ride it out and see where it go. Everybody can talk. There's a million, you know, millions of talkers in this world. Mm -hmm. Like Instagram is a great place to promote what you're about to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody, just the, the idea of being busy is like the new currency. And it's yeah, like, everyone's always busy. Everyone's right? always everyone's busy. always hustling. Everyone's 24/7. always hustling twenty four seven. And if that's the case, I just feel like there should be more commercially successful examples, mm. right? Like if everybody's always out here trying to get it. You know, one artist that I love in particular, Chantel Martin. Okay, and I love Chantel because I've seen I got into following her work years ago and I've seen how she's really knuckled down and done an amazing job as an artist for herself, right? Like, I just, I I don't know, bro. Like, I'm not trying to get too deep into it, but I just really feel like to answer the gallery and the event thing, if you want to pursue this, your goal should be, how can I make sure that I can keep creating? You shouldn't want to do an event and then next month, you don't even have money to pay your rent. And then you're like, It's it oh, so expensive it's to do really, it. It's, it's expensive, but most importantly, it's hard to be creative when you're financially stressed.
0: Yeah, it really is. Because your thought isn't- Oh, you're thinking my it's thing? survival. Your thought is, what gig can I do to make money to pay this
1: rent? All oh, you're thinking is survival, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like in a city like D.C., New York, Miami, a lot of places in America, there's no more luxury for an artist to just say- Oh, I, I got rent, and then I got a studio because you have to decide because it's so financially expensive. Yeah, that is hundred percent fact. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't be like, oh, I'm gonna get a studio space, and then I'm also gonna go to my nice my nice loft or whatever, right? Like you got to decide which one you're gonna do. And if all of that is if all of that is a part of the decision making process, you got to look and be like, all right, like I need to make this work for myself. Yeah, and you can get to that point, and you can get to that point, and everybody on the outside. Needs to start supporting our friends and our peers that are doing things because that's how this whole thing works,
0: dude. One hundred percent, dude. I only wear stuff as much as I can. That my friends, this this brand, this is
1: my homies' brand. Like like that's like, like you I, know what I mean. Like that's the thing that we we need. Everybody like this is this whole journey is a communal journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm trying to build this thing. Nah, like I want whatever I want to do. I want to be able to create create opportunities for other people, and that's why. I went into uh, the gallery with our current team. It's like a great business move too. Like, well, well yeah, but I, I feel like it's like an advocacy thing too. It's right. Mm. Like I understand what it's like to be told no a thousand times. You've been that guy going all around. I've been that guy. Like I've been there. And so like if, if I have all of this global experience and I have all of these things to say, why not figure out a way to craft an experience that's completely opposite with all due respect to your point of the gallery because that galleries are intimidating, right? (laughs) Like I remember going into galleries and knowing that I'll never be able to afford anything in there, but I just love what was in there. So I went, right? But I always found home in being in the gift shop. Like I know I could get a print or magazine or something out of the gift shop. It's like what the event is. It's It's, it's a little gift shop almost. It's accessible, right? Like, and so- if we're going to move this thing forward, art, creativity, or whatever, I feel like we got to understand that the financial gain of it is just as important as the creative expression. 100%, dude. And, and we want to separate it, and I just don't feel like we can't separate it anymore. You
0: can't. You Not can't just you be can. like, I'm an artist. Yeah. I survive. <laughs> it's like, it's like nah, man, you need to be an artist about
1: your bread. Man, like, like, I mean, like listen, it's, it's, it's important, man. Like, as much as people, this whole thing, the reason why gentrification is such a big topic is because it's rooted into the importance, which people like to overlook, it's rooted into the the importance of economic empowerment and ownership, right? Like, and so if you want to do that, if you want to accomplish and check that box, you better make sure that what you're doing, you're able to check that box. It's business at the end of the day. Gentrification is business. It's business, right? But you want to make sure, here's the thing, the world is dividing in half. And you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're on the right side of the divide. Mm-hmm. Because it's not gonna stop. Like it's not gonna stop. Like You're not gonna stop it. We can slow it down. We can create our own like independent experiences. But the reality is like you still have to be in a position to say, all right, like and I just feel like people try to use the sellout and the art and I'm a pure artist and all that as an escape to not really be on this shit and get out of their own way. Mm. right like it's it's a whole lot of like talk around what true art is but the real the reality of it all is people don't want to look at themselves and get out of their own way to be in positions like a drake or a a Chantilly martin or a jason reynolds my good friend who's an author who i watched write every book from you know what i mean like like if it's getting out of your own way and becoming it you know it's it's getting out of your own way and really becoming what you want to become opposed to hating on Bruce Allen for having a podcast or hating on an event or a gallery or a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Or if, I don't, if you're trying to start your own sneaker brand, I'm supporting because I just feel like it's all, you know what I'm saying? Like we got to start supporting people with grand ideas that really want to try to do something and push it forward. 100%. I think a lot of times – the way something can start could look a little rocky at first, of
0: course. But you got to be like, all right, do I believe in this person?
1: And and nobody wants to be on the rocky part of it. Like everybody just wants stuff to show up real shiny for them, <laughs> bro. I mean, see, you catching the podcast because
0: it's 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 getting more matured. You know, I, I used mean? to have a a camera on the table just just so I could hold that's the mic. What I, you could have you, know? you could have
1: got me during that part. I, you, know? you know what I'm saying? Like I go I back I, for those I, I love to see people using what they have to create something. Mm. And that's what I've always been about, like trying to figure out what I have disposal of right in my possession. When we were traveling the world, like, you know, I shared a lot of photography on my Instagram and all of that. Like, it's all still there. You go look or whatever. And I was just like, like, I don't have a fancy camera. I just got my iPhone. Whenever? It's the tool, right? Like, it, like, the tools don't matter. It's like choosing to show your creativity through what you have. You don't got to be fancy. That's the thing people understand. Everybody want to be fancy. Yeah. Everybody think they're entitled. Everybody yeah. think that they're already made it and no one wants to do the work and no one wants to put in the hard yards to put themselves on. They will prefer to complain about other people not putting them on or why something else is being put on instead of like putting their head down and doing the hard work.
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: Or, or, or not help other people. Or not help other people. But you're in a
0: position where, you're, where you are successful and now you are trying to help um, people. I'm um,
1: um, um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I I, I was great to trying to redefine success, but you're absolutely right. Cause success means for me like being in a position to have a voice to say something. And mm. and and making sure that you say that. And I believe that if I can stay true to that, like everything else that I want in life for me and my family is gonna come. So you're right. Like I that this this is like a, a light bulb moment for me too, right? So now what we wanna do at the gallery is make sure that we can have a place to elevate the platforms of artists and to show amazing work and to really change your perspective about what a gallery is. You know what I mean? Like, because yes, you did. You changed my perspective in this (laughs) interview. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, uh, I'm on, I'm on both sides. I understand it from both perspectives, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm so interested in this new venture with our team, Mahari and Freddie Booker, like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's an important one. You know, it's anytime you got an opportunity to change your perspective for somebody, like it's a beautiful thing. 100%. You, you can offer some my spinach that never liked spinach before, and they like, oh, man, this is amazing. You cook
0: that spinach up broke good with some garlic <laughs> and some olive oil,
1: and all of a sudden someone's <laughs> fucked up. So, yeah, man, that's – um. That's exciting. I can't yeah, wait. Um, when does um, that open? So we uh our opening is May 16th. We're opening with Jamila Okubu. Okay. Who, who's she who's a local artist. I've heard that name. I, I won't even call her local anymore because Jamila, man, she just did a collaboration in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Uh Jamila Jeez. has uh a uh, a twenty uh, foot mural up at the Hudson Yards project in New York. Jamila has done I'm about to be her 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 like brand ambassador for a moment. She's collaborated with Christian Dior on bags. Uh um Jamila, uh what else has she done? She's killing it. Uh, yeah, like but I, that's a great first, first you know gallery that, like, I, because I, I, she's I, from DC. I think I think, you know, to me for me, I I met her when I had a pop-up at Resource Library that Allison who ob- operates Locale, Um um I met Jamila at that event and she asked me a question about my own art. In fact, she asked me, "Now that you've done all this, what are you going to do for people here?" This was before I even knew that all of this was coming down the pipeline, the gallery and everything. Like oh. so it's almost like it was like a wizard connection cuz Jamila was like, "Oh, yeah, like man. well, okay, cool. We hear you." Like which is what I always say, right? Like I'm um, I can't be foolish enough to think that our global experiences is the reality of everybody else. Like people don't give two shits about how many passport stamps I have? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, all right, what are you gonna help? How can you help me right here in this particular case? And I'm, and it wasn't, it wasn't even like conscious, a conscious decision to select Jamila because of that. Like when I saw her profile and her work, I was like, this is amazing. The work spoke for itself. The too. work spoke for itself, and she was putting herself on, right? Mm-hmm. Like she—that's a big thing—is putting yourself that, on. That like, like people try to overlook that, man. Like you have to do the work for yourself, and I feel like once you start offering yourself and your life to other people, people find you. Dude, I know
0: so many talented artists in this area, mm-hmm. but they don't put themselves on. That's, they they, they yeah. don't, they don't, you know what I think it comes down to? Mm-hmm. The ask. They don't yeah. ask for it. That's it. You have to ask for it. I don't care how dope you look on Instagram, <laughs> or unless you, unless, you know, some people, they can't, they can't whatever. Yeah. But yeah. generally speaking, you always have to ask. Have and in my ask. experiences as an artist, as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, is that, I've only gotten what I wanted by asking. Yeah. There's a few instances where I got yeah. some stuff
1: by not asking, yeah. but it maybe it came off the back of an ask at some initial point. And so does, so. what do you think? Does asking make you vulnerable to help? Why do you think we struggle with asking? I think there's a few things. So I think one, you don't
0: know who to ask. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people like galleries, you don't know who to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I also think asking – um, I don't know if it's necessarily being vulnerable. It, it, it is because mm-hmm. you're probably going to get a no mm-hmm. asking. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there is. Once you do start asking people, can I do this here, can I do this mm-hmm. here, you're going to get no's. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I guess there's that. Um, but, you know, I, I guess that's where people could struggle with the ask is, agree, is,
1: is just putting yourself out there and, and agree, not the whole, the whole nine yards. 100%. I think uh, we just have to do a – but I think, you know, there's, it's more of this. It's more of what you do. That puts people in a position to hear that other people struggle with it, Mm -hmm. because what we're trying to do, we're trying to play this cool game where everybody can pretend like they got everything, got it together, and they got it going on, and they don't need to ask on Instagram. We all, we're all all, popping. No one's having a bad day on Instagram ever. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Ever. Your life's peaches. Your life is like spotless on Instagram, right? But the reality, like, we're all struggling with our own baggage. We're all carrying something. We're all struggling with something that we need to ask for help with right Mm -hmm. like all of us you know and uh i think um that it's the ego though it's 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 the ego that that puts that 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 dark cloud over it's like oh i don't want to ask because i don't want to feel i'm i think i'm better than this i think i deserve more i I want to do this opportunity because i might not get this or it's not a paid opportunity or Mm. whatever right like all these things that block us from really doing the work, you know? Like, all right, this opportunity might not be paid, but the next one might be paid. Or you might get a contact to go and travel. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to start looking at the long game of art and creativity the same way that a, a an attorney knows that if I'm in law school, I'm in this for, what is it, three years or whatever? Pfft, what, law school, you're in that chair for like eight years, you and I'm you got saying? an apprentice, and then you like, it's crazy. So you're in it, but you commit. Like, the world... Today has a problem with committing. Ooh the world today has a problem with committing because there's so many options and it's easy for you to jump from one thing to the next because you can see it all. You, you can, can see someone see being all. successful in 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 every little
0: tiny thing. And so let me try that. Oh, the, I saw that working. So let me try that. Oh, I heard you make a lot of money from YouTube. And let, so me try let me try that. Try that. Oh, I heard podcasts are tight. Let me try that. Oh, you get free shit from blogging. Oh,
1: let me try that out too. No one wants to commit, man. No one wants to really dig down. No and one commit. wants to commit and everybody wants to shit on those that are committing to try something. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, I've I'm just gonna i uh, this is it. Like I'm probably unemployable at the time at the moment. Like if I even if I considered like trying to go back into the workforce, they're like, bro, like when's the last time you had a job? You even, know, I mean? even then it'd be on your terms. Like
0: like if you were to work with any if someone trying to hire you, it'd be on your terms as Reggie Black.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean like
0: I'm I'm aware of where things are at the moment. Yeah, but I guess you meant like
1: if you wanted to go like a traditional nine to five, I you'd, couldn't. You'd be like, oh, I gotta make a resume. Yeah, like I couldn't. Like I struggle. I struggle with because I've always wanted to create for my life. I, I I've been desperately seeking an opportunity and ways for me to make it as an artist and designer and entrepreneur. Like all that's really all it is. Like I've committed. I've committed to trying to understand who I am. And through that, I've just attempted a bunch of shit, but it was all very close to each other. Yeah, not right? Like, and I'm sure you fail a lot too. Fell, you there's fell there's a lot. Tons you, of failures. You, anyone fell a journey, lot. You dude. invest a lot of money. You waste a lot of money. You put your family through the ringer. You yeah. professionally, personally, physically go through shit. Like people don't. People don't want that part. They only want. The fame the, the fame, the Instagram they followers. the shiny things, man. And the you big got, exhibitions in New York yeah, that are like, sold out like, with a line around the block. Well, if you want that exhibition in New York, start with a local gallery in D.C. or a local gallery in Austin, Texas, or in your hometown in Boise, Idaho, wherever you are. The like, closest thing to you. The closest thing to you. And so when, when we have this dialogue and this conflict of what's more important and what matters and, like, everything matters. Like, everything's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Everything is a big deal. Like no matter what you're doing in life, like you got to treat everything like it's a big deal. Like every recording you have is a big deal. Cause someone's going to hear your perspective on your platform and that will inspire them to do something. Right. hundred percent. I love those. You know what I mean? Like somebody's going to see you at a ball or in Trader Joe's or wherever. And I'm like, yo Bruce, like when you had so-and-so on, they dropped some science. That's visionary on your part to invite that artist or that guest in to have this conversation, right? All the previous guests, like everybody is responsible for doing for shaking the tree just a little bit. Man.
0: And it's 100% right. Amir um I had him on the show. Yep. He told me that someone DM'd him from listening to my podcast. Someone from DC DM'd him said they were totally inspired. They ended up calling him. They had like a 3-hour conversation and I was like
1: that's, that's crazy.
0: It, I'm like, that's crazy. Even this few DMs that I'll get there, like, yo, this one episode of this part inspired me. I don't, rem- I don't remember that shit. But I'm just like,
1: I'm like, that's awesome. That's why you're doing this, man. Like, that's that's why feels good. I, it should, man. I thank you. Like, I thanks for the invitation and everything. But that's what this thing is about. Like, it's not about trying to create like all these rules and these gatekeepers and referees and you know isms and boxes and everybody got a box that they want to put somebody in but no one wants to do the work. And it's like, man, like, all right, you can be a podcast host and uh and have a nine to five and be a father. And, like, we, we, we're trying to romanticize this artist thing when, in fact, it's muddy as fuck.
0: And being an artist is, like, one-eighth of what it's it is one, being an artist. Being eighth. creative
1: is, like, one-eighth. One you still eighth. have – you have everything else. You like, got to do everything else. You got to figure out ways to get on, you know – Get your PR up. You got to figure out ways to be active on social media. You got to figure... You got to do your taxes. You got to do your... You know what I mean? Like you got to make, gotta content, you gotta you gotta gotta make content. You got to do your gallery. You got to Everything. It's everything that comes along with it. But people would rather complain. People would rather complain and people would rather look. And I've been on both sides, which is why I can speak on it so much, because I've been a negative Nancy, man. Like, I've, I've talked down on myself enough to know what that looks like
0: Mm.
1: right like i've talked down on myself enough to know how that feels like i'm not gonna be anything this art shit ain't gonna play out i might as well just figure out something else to do
0: damn yeah every every artist goes everybody does it maybe i should just go get that coffee or that restaurant gig for a little bit you know kind of everybody
1: does it man like every we all we all are good at talking ourselves out of blessings we're all very good at that. That's so true. Or not realizing them. Or not realizing them. And and all this that I'm talking about is from a place of experience. Like, I have, at the end of it, I I, I hope that whoever listens to this can get that, like, I'm not trying to speak that I know it all. I'm only sharing my story in the hope that you can find, like, something that you can connect with through my story. Because the reality of it is, like we're all human beings. What we choose to do as a profession is just that profession. It doesn't define who we are as human beings. So you can decide that you want to do something and, and it's totally different than who you are as a human being. You know what I mean? Like, which is why I honor, like, I guess what we talked about, like the garbage men and, you know, like, like honorable daily hour hard labor construction workers and foremans and like, I respect people. Like, you have, we have to... Everybody's not going to build an app. Everybody's not going to be an Instagram influencer. Like, it's every... True. And everybody is important. And we're trying to, like, build these, like, gates to separate people. And that's... It's it's unfair. It's unfair to human and honest work. think like it's unfair, man.
0: That's deep, man.
1: Yeah, I, I just... I, like, I... You got a cool perspective about like the about world it. and like, people I, in I'm, it. I'm, but it took a while for me to get here. That's the point I'm making to this whole thing. It's like... Yeah. It takes a long time of seeing so much failing, trying to figure it out, and I'm still learning. I got, I personally feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, sh- no way you like, you know like, what I mean. You know, like you're I, disappearing tomorrow,
0: yeah, like I, like I, you're. I, I, I'm just pers- catching you at this moment in time. <clears throat> all the cool shit you're doing, and but I'll
1: be who back. Knows? I'll be back. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'll be back. I, I just, I, I personally feel like I'm just getting started, and I'm with all with all of it. I am happy that I'm able to invest what I learned in the city that gave me something before I left. Like, I feel like growing up on ninth street, Northwest Washington, DC, as a child, I got everything I needed to go out into the world before I knew what it really meant. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I'll be in cities and I know some sketchy shit about to pop off. You can be in Asia and, re- and see anyone s- can sense that shit. You can, you're like, oh, it's time to you get go. Get that sweet sense. You can, you're like, <laughs> you're like, ooh, like, hi, like the they can be speaking Cantonese, and I know that it's an argument. And everyone knows some shit about to pop off. You know what I'm shit's saying? About to so pop it's off. that. It's that like urban IQ that DC gave me to really assess the world to go out into it. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. So well, shit, man. If um. If anyone wants to follow you or anything you're uh, coming up, where, so where, where should they where, go? Where am I? I'm, I'm on Instagram. I am Reggie Black. It's just mm-hmm. all together. I am Reggie Black. Or, um, and I'll link it in the description on YouTube. Yeah, I am Reggie Black dot com. Follow the gallery as well. Mahari Seacroft. I'll, link, on uh, I'll well. link it to uh, what you can link it. Um, what? Else, where else am I? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. A lot of things on the pipeline, but I don't want to talk too prematurely about it all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. I want you to keep doing this because it's necessary and important. And I think that this isn't uh, stopping man. Yeah, don't stop, man. I can't. And I think that you just need to, uh, um, you don't need to do anything, but just keep doing this because, like, this is what people need to hear. Uh, This is this is this is why I like doing them so much. I probably talk like shit. No, this is why I like doing too because I I, I I never
0: know. What I'm gonna get sometimes? We you know, I, know. I only I can only see them for the few accolades I can realize and, and see, and then be like, okay, I hope this guy has a cool story. And yeah. ev- they always do. They every guest is always good. And well, I don't know if it's
1: because I'm really good at
0: interviewing or or or,
1: <laughs> or, or, I, or what it I, is. I had a, I had a, I got I had a piece in our recent show at Umbrella. Um, um, we only know the half, the mm-hmm. half of the story. Um, and so I feel like when you can do this this gives people just a glimpse and and somebody might look at it or listen to it and fast forward or stop listening to it. Fair enough, right? But the point of it is that you are giving people an opportunity to tell their stories that otherwise you you can't curate life. Like, you can't put a filter on real life. Mm -hmm. And you got to hear about and learn about the scars of other people to realize that, like, we're all in the trenches together and we're all in this beautiful, like, human experience and we're trying to explore the human condition together. And... As a black man, what I am more particularly interested in is like making vulnerability cool, making transparency cool. As an artist, what I'm more interested in is telling people to get off their shit and get out their own way and stop hating on everybody else and other things and worry about the gatekeepers and focus on like putting yourself on and stop feeling like trying to act like you're something before you get there and realize that we all are. When I heard Pharrell was talking the other day about like him still and feel like an imposter. I'm like, bro, like you're Pharrell Williams, like stop it. But the reality (laughs) is like everybody feels like we don't belong, but we do belong. And so we show up every day through the fear. We show up every day through the anxiety and through like the questions and we do work and we put it out to the world and we know that people are going to judge it. But like that's the beautiful thing about it because somebody else going to get something from it. Oh, yeah all I'm
0: well, trying dude, to do, I, yeah. I'm sure anyone who's listened to this
1: will get so. something from you, man. <laughs> I hope so, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Brother. Thank, thank you for coming man. on, man. Appreciate really, you, man. blew my mind. Thank you, brother, appreciate man. man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And let me know what I can do to support and help. And, yeah, we got to keep this appreciate going. appreciate that. Keep, keep this going, man. Appreciate that
0: 100%. This is important. Oh, well, we'll wrap after I wrap this up. That'd be cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching. That's The Angle. Peace.